everyone, and welcome back to Oh That Girl Reads, where we read what we love and DNF the rest. My name is Bria, I am your host, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Um, okay, so first off, obviously, we are in a new spot. We're in a new place. I'm now at the front of the house, so if you guys hear some weird outside noises, bear with me. I'm still trying to figure those out, but you know, Sunshine TLC gave us this dope ass mic, so hopefully we don't have too many problems, but if you do see some things, hear some things, sorry about that. We are adjusting and yeah, we'll figure it out. Right now you guys are actually balanced on top of my Stanley cup and a coaster. And um, you know, it's not the, the sexiest setup, but it works for now and that's all we need. <laughs> But today, I have I have a lot to talk to you guys about. Um, are these thoughts in my head completely sorted? No. But I feel like you get the best out of me when my thoughts aren't completely sorted. But before we talk about all of the things that I want to get into, I do that, I, oh, I do want to let you guys know um, that HarperCollins is getting rid of their imprint ink yard. And Inkyard is an imprint known for producing um, various BIPOC YA literature authors. And so what we're losing in the book community is actually something really special. So down below, I did link a list of books created by one of the authors from Inkyard Press that has a list of all of the books that Inkyard has published by BIPOC authors. I would love it if you guys check that list out. If you guys requested at your libraries, bought it, get it on ebook, anything to support these authors, it would be greatly appreciated. It's so sad that we're losing this, but it seems like this has been a consistent pattern with the publishing industry doing huge layoffs. Um, Penguin Random House just was just doing the same uh, not too long ago. <sighs> huge layoffs, uh, huge discontinuing of imprints things like that and it's really intense and it's really sad uh but yes so thank you guys for your help and your assistance on that um but today okay the way my brain works is that it goes from this point to that point to that point to that point and you'll find that when i'm talking or if you ever speak to me in real life someday you'll find that i'll often say and that made me think of this and so <laughs> I actually applied for a job recently where I said the term, I call it overthinking for fun <laughs> or overthinking for enjoyment. And that is in a sense what I do. I overthink for enjoyment. And so I recently finished Come As You Are. Um, this book is by Emily Nagowski. Uh, it's about sex and sexuality and basically just like the science of sex. And so I started reading this because I struggle with um, just partner intimacy, like just, just like being able to relax. And I found this book on TikTok where it talked, where someone was reiterating one of the ideals in the book about um, breaks and accelerators. And so that's what drew me into reading this book initially. But what this book kind of allowed me to do was think about sex and sexuality in a whole new type of way. And so because I was thinking about sex and sexuality, of course, think I was thinking about like 
my romance reads and in particular as my romance reads as of lately and I'll go more into this when I do my review of Cruel Seduction by Katie Robert for the podcast but I found that there is um I don't want to call it a misuse of sex because that's not true because what works for me um might not work for someone else and what works for someone else might not work for me but I found that there are a lot of elements about how sex is used in certain plots that don't allow me to feel um, completely grounded or completely uh, satisfied within a story um, and within the books that I read. And so that started to make me think about, well, in literature sex is used in so many different ways it's not even it's used in different in so many different ways but it's also alluded to in so many different ways and then depending on genre to genre it's going to look different right and so that's where i got hooked <laughs> that is where i got hooked how does sex look different genre to genre and then that made me think that made me think of what was the transition like for me from going to reading about sex in YA literature to reading about sex in adult romance. And and that's where I went on a tailspin. Okay, so um, recently <laughs> on TikTok, it, there was this situation where a commenter commented on one of book talkers like recommended videos and i believe in the video the book she was sharing was a ya fantasy book i could not find the video that i was that i'm referencing right now and so because i couldn't find it um i just i can't like put it up here for you but if i do find it by chance it'll be up here but i promise you i looked <laughs> um but i believe they were like referencing a ya fantasy book where in reality because it's YA fantasy it actually doesn't quite make sense for sex to be in the plot even if it's like YA romanticy that's not to say that sex doesn't exist in YA don't don't start with me on that shit okay I know I know and I know that Akatar and the Throne of Glass series were also once YA but have you noticed that they have been remarketed and rebranded as adult fantasy adult romanticy i actually think they're adult fantasy truly uh, i think that's how they're categorized now but anyway because technically there's really no such thing as romanticy i think that's like a made-up thing by us did we make that up someone let me know if we made that up because i feel like we did <laughs> um but yes so i understand akatar whatever and technically, what was that one? What was that from Blood and Ash by Jennifer L. Armentrout? I get it. I, I get it. I get it, guys. I know. But they are no longer considered that. Okay? So we're going based off of that information. Um, but you'll find that... Um, where was I even going with that thought? You'll find that <laughs> it's talked about so differently and showed so differently between sex, I mean... Uh, showed so differently between YA and adult romance or adult literature, anything. Um, and so when that person was kind of like commenting on that 
other TikTokers video and just being like, is this spicy? And when the TikToker responded, it opened up this whole new conversation about like, why do we feel like a book needs to have spice in order for it to be enjoyable or in order for it to be worth reading? And I was thinking about that as someone who was a heavy YA reader and as someone who primarily reads romance right now. And I think personally, I think that's going to change for me a little bit. Um, not for any other reason. I mean, I, at, at the beginning of the year, I did my No Romance 2023. And for me, I think I was right to do that for certain personal reasons, just because like it felt like I was getting sex 24-7 and I think I'm still in that kind of healing process era from my time at grad school I think I touched a little bit on this um in my no romance of 2023 video or podcast episode but I was in grad school and I got accepted on the basis that I would be doing work around blackness femininity and sexuality and what that turned into was actually what I refer to as like self pimping. It doesn't, that's not like a really, that's not a great way to refer to it. I know I'm, I'm fully aware that I'm not being the best in referring it to that, but that's what it felt like. It felt like I was always performing my own sexuality to the point that it damaged my relationship with my sexuality. Um, I was constantly surrounded by like porn videos of sex, videos talking about sex and sexuality. I was seeing a sex therapist at the time. I was reading books about sex. Um, uh, I was reading books about like the history of the black laboring body and sex. Um, I was, oh my gosh, I was taking in like, you know, art media about sex. And then I was using all this information and jamming my brain with all this information to create, um, a storyline about my sexuality that in the end I don't believe to be true um, I just I very much put myself on display I was photographing my own body I was um, writing out my own experiences I was exposing myself um, the things that I was doing in terms of like self-harm <laughs> um, like not like actual like self-harm like the physical kind but kind of like um, the mental kind um, by exposing like my turbulent relationship with another partner and things like that. So like that's just that's just like the tip of the iceberg of like what I was doing and you know <laughs> and why I decided to do no romance of 2023 um, at least for the beginning half of the year, which I kind of did. I think I stopped around like April ish, maybe even March. I can't remember. Um, but I tapered that off and I very much just like abandoned that idea. But the reason why I started it was because of all of that. And the reason why I'm reconsidering starting that again is because of all that. And I haven't really completely healed from all of that as well. But that's to say <laughs> is that um, I have to rethink my relationship with romance reading and because I have to rethink my relationship with romance reading and I was like well how did I read romance when I was you know only reading YA because there was like a point in time I read only YA 
until I was about 22. Um, and then that mostly changed because I was in college classes and naturally because you're in college classes, you get exposed to new ideas and the way those, maybe not new ideas, um, but new ways to explore certain ideas. And I think that really um, encourages you to move into like a new category of reading. But yeah, so I was thinking, I was like, okay, so like how did I read about sex and relationships when I was only reading YA and it occurred to me that the way sex and romance and relationship is talked about in YA is so vastly different and it's one of those things where it's not at least in my mind how I experienced it when I was reading YA if there was a sex scene in a YA book it wasn't meant to like titillate or to appeal or to perform for the reader whereas in adult romance it's very much meant to get the reader like really hot and heavy and like you'll see it now like people will make like tiktoks and it's like oh like my husband waiting for me like after i read a chapter or like me reenacting a chapter with my husband things like that and which is good it's good fine and dandy that it's like that but i think that's kind of one thing that might be subconsciously triggering me and I don't even know if it's like the word trigger that I want to use because um, it's not like it's not causing me any detriment it's just making me think it's just making me think about a whole bunch of stuff um, but I think that's like that's what's kind of getting me is like the performance aspect of like um, adult romance versus the YA romance side where like YA romance where it's not necessarily like not that it's like pure or watered down it's just that it's very character focused and very intentional um one thing and this I guess this is kind of like a spoiler for uh my review coming up but I think this is like what made me think about this truly and deeply. Um, but Katie Roberts' Cruel Seduction, I was reading it and the whole time in this book, we have two characters who aren't really vibing with each other, who are really trying to destroy one another and they do active things to destroy one another. And then one of the characters, they go through something traumatic, like a traumatic event where... Um, their well-being is threatened okay and so in that um there was a lot of potential there was so much potential for you know there to be conversations because this is all uh, this is a polyamorous coupling right there was so much potential for there to be conversations about the past about the present um a real opportunity to ground everybody together to like get them situated you know what i'm saying and to uh have another sort of intimacy that like binds everybody together it was completely tossed away in favor for um a threesome and what i believe a double penetration scene and it's not that I didn't want those things, but it was the fact that like I was sitting there and I knew that this was like a really high stakes emotional moment and my whole body tensed up 
because I knew that it was going to lead to a sex scene and I wasn't going to get the emotional satisfaction that I wanted. And maybe that's just like a me thing. Maybe that's just something that is a reality for me. And it's like that that moment really works for other people, but it doesn't work for me. However, I feel like that moment constantly happens in a lot of romance and especially a lot of romanticy. Like I can see it. There's very few times where I felt like using sex as um, a connection point after a traumatic event in books has actually worked. Like there's very few moments where I feel like it's actually made sense. And every time that I felt like it made sense, it wasn't in a romanticy. It was actually in like a contemporary. And I don't even enjoy contemporaries that much. Like I'm not, I'm not too much of like a contemporary romance girly, but like that's the only time I've ever seen it truly work or truly make sense to characterization, to plot, to everything. Otherwise it just feels like a cheap way to introduce like a sex scene. And usually what bothers me most is that this could happen, right? But it's never used as, like, um, an important moment. Like, it's used as, like, a moment to bring their sexual connection up to a thousand. But all the while, their, like, emotional connection is at a zero. And somehow, at the end of the story, I'm supposed to believe in my head that they're meant to be together. That, like, this is a good thing that's happening. I think that's, like, what bothers me. And maybe I'm not fully explaining this right, but, like, I think that's just what throws me off just, like, a little bit. Is the fact that, like, it usually never makes sense when the thing happens. (laughs) Like, what the F? Anyway. So, I don't know. It just made me think... And it's not just, like, Katie Roberts' book that I have that problem in. It's in multiple people's books that I have that problem in. Um, I saw it a few times in, like, the Akatar. No. And, okay. Specifically, the one time it made me super uncomfortable was in Nesta's story. Where, and this is a spoiler alert, so if you care about being spoiled for this... Vanessa has a full-on breakdown and she is letting she's finally talking about everything she's talking about how how she feels like everything's her fault she feels just like so fucked up and everything and then Cassian has sex with her and it's at their most vulnerable moment and I think the reason why like I think it finally just like set me off this time is because in Katie Roberts Cruel Seduction um one of the characters says so whose bright idea was it to fuck the vulnerable traumatized woman and it's said jokingly but that shit's not a joke and then like the character who who finally brings up the fact that that's like kind of like what the fuck why did you do that just brushes it off later i'm like what like that was the only time we were going to acknowledge how fucked up that was and we're just moving on from it and what i think makes that kind of that situation kind of worse for me and in the fact that they just moved on from it was the fact that everyone pointed out how out of character it was in the behavior that the traumatized character was acting in like you all see how out of character she is being 
and yet the first thing is the solution of oh you know what they should just like have sex and make up what in what universe i don't know it, despite that though i did actually enjoy katie roberts cruel seduction so yeah despite everything all the criticisms and you'll see in next this next upcoming episode um despite all those criticisms i actually really did enjoy katie roberts cruel seduction i just think that something that i desire out of like romance authors now is something that is so so brilliantly done in YA romance and YA literature and that is like the element of creating intimacy without making intimacy sex related and don't get me wrong I love my pure like smutty books but I also think that like you know in particular with like Katie Roberts books like she's moving the story in the in the plot every and everything into like a new direction and I think with moving things into that new direction I think it would be actually so helpful if like intimacy and um, plot driven things were also separated from like sex related things and so I don't know like that's just kind of where I'm at that's like where like my thinking has been lately with the things that I've been reading, I really enjoy the fact that like with YA romance, and this is something that you can really see in Cemetery Boys. Um, Cemetery Boys, there's not like a drop of sexuality and or a drop of sex related things in it. Um, you get a lot of like the building of that relationship and it's not insta-lovey. And I think even in like the relationships where it's supposed to be like an enemies to lover things, like, what happens with enemies to lovers is that like sex is the thing that binds them it's the mutual attraction is the thing that binds them which makes for really flimsy relationships and maybe and i don't want to say this because like you know i don't have much information about like polyamorous couples or relationships maybe in the instance of katie roberts cruel seduction maybe that is the point maybe it is that like you know that relationship is flimsy and it's the other people in the relationship that kind of keep them together but at the same time there's also implication that they want to be together because they want to be so i don't know it's really confusing but i really like that in um but i feel like just like the elements of creating non like non-sex related intimacy in YA literature and having that be a focus even if there is eventual sex related acts in the book I feel like that would be such a good a good foundation for a lot of adult writers to kind of grasp onto especially like independently published adult writers I've that's what I've been kind of noticing is that that's where I've been seeing this issue arise a lot and I love indie authors um it's just that that one thing I think someone who does it really well actually who does like hurt and comfort really well is Kennedy Ryan I think you know there is like intensity with her scenes but there's also like intimacy that's been built up between characters and I think she does that really really well yeah Talia Hibbert does it really well I'm sure there's like other people out there who do it really well and like maybe I'll like 
make a post about it but yeah I don't know those those are just have been like kind of my thoughts lately in terms of like romance and and what I've been reading and what I've been digesting I I don't know because I don't want to ever you know yuck someone's yum but at the same time I also feel like there's so many good stories that are falling victim to their sex related scenes rather than being like the master of their sex related scenes like it's it's often a critique that I have and because I have this critique I feel like I have to share it and I'm still kind of learning especially like on this like public platform on this podcast like how to say things in a way that is not damaging and I think that also kind of comes from like my experience in grad school is that I'm used to hearing um feedback that kind of breaks your soul and I don't ever want to be the person who's like breaking someone's soul obviously like I don't think most of the authors I discuss listen to this I (laughs) listen to what I say for the most part um but if they do I always want to come off like respectful or if there's like another author or writer out there who is listening to me critique something I want them to be able to hear what I'm saying and not have their defenses up because of like because of how I'm saying it. I also want to communicate my ideas and my thoughts really well. I never want to, uh, I don't know, I I never want to be that person who's just like talking shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not me. This is not, um, you know, oh, that girl talks shit. It is, oh, that girl reads. And when I read, I think critically, I think deeply, even if it is, you know, romance, you know, there's such bullshit floating around the internet talking about how like romance is in real literature and guess what the only reason why you think that is because of misogyny internalized misogyny um the patriarchy romance like porn (laughs) reveals a lot about um reveals a lot about our society today and you know just thinking about that now and like me saying that I was kind of like well maybe I am the person who's qualified to say these things and maybe I should give myself a little bit more credit because like I do think about these things and I do think that romance is a um, quality and like important part of our society and so when I do say something like yeah you know what the sex related things are working against you in this instant despite me being a sex positive person um, I think that's like a fair critique. And I think I need to get used to being like, okay, this is like my critique and I know why I'm saying this and um, I'm learning how to articulate it, yes, but what I'm saying is actually important. Um, So yeah, all I have to say is that sometimes your sex scene is working against you. I think too, like everyone wants to, um, I think especially as like indie authors, right? I think people have been like begging Katie Robert in particular for a DP scene. And that is good. It is fine. It is dandy. Do I love a good DP? I kind of do. I, I, I appreciate it in its written work. Um, but if it's not, um, I think maybe sometimes like pressure and requests like that because indie authors are so intimately. Um, connected to their fans it they kind of like force you not forces you but like it gets put on the forefront 
of your mind and so then you kind of try to force it in your writing one thing that was really interesting um was i was looking at a clip from uh sarah j moss's live where she's talking about um the threesome scene that she's written she wrote the scene um and it was rumored that her publisher said to take out the scene and it was between cassie and asriel and nesta and in actuality it was sarah j moss who actually took it out herself because she's like it just didn't fit it didn't make sense and she's like i kind of wish that i never mentioned that i wrote it um because now it's like what all what people want and it kind of distracts a little bit but i think she was right to do that because when you think about it the scene wouldn't have worked in the content of the story in fact i think that scene would have broke the story apart and i think it would have actually negative affected negatively affected the stories that came after it i know it's just one scene but that's what i kind of mean is that like as a writer as an author you're making certain decisions that affect certain things in your timeline and like sure you might not see it now but the way the readers perceive it, the way uh, just everyone else perceives it, the way it sets up the rest of your books, it is impactful. I do fully believe that there is a way, there is a way to utilize sex-related scenes even if, like, as I think especially if you are writing something that has, like, a whole plot, and there's that. If you're writing something that has plot and really deep emotional depth if you're writing for the sake of you know creating the nastiest raunchiest shit you possibly can good on you but you can do that while also doing things that make sense to the plot like one thing um it's queenie by charmaine wilkerson let me fact check no i was wrong i'm so sorry queenie by candace cardi williams um that book okay so that book included some of the most intense sex scenes ever but the way sex was used in that content wasn't to like titillate the audience or make us feel um like it wasn't like a performance for us it wasn't to make us feel any sort of desire sex was used in this context to show how queenie was self-harming herself it was showed to um see like the just the awful behaviors of men and how men take advantage um and how men manipulate or the manipulative relationship she was in it was shown as a as a kind of a backdrop to like how bad her previous relationship messed her up to the point where she felt like the men she was like hooking up with is what she deserved like that was using sex related things as a tool and like that doesn't necessarily mean that like sex related things can only be used as something negative but that sex related things can have the power to change your story in the long run um <laughs> i think i'm gonna wind up wind down the episode there um i want to thank you guys for being here with me i really appreciate you 
remember, read what you love and DNF the rest. And I will catch you guys during our review on August 4th. Thanks. Bye. So long, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. If you would like to see more, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok, oh, that girl reads. If you want more bookish content, feel free to check out my booktube channel, Bria L, on YouTube. Remember, read what you love and DNF the rest. Bye!